You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Podmania Podcast. I am your host, as always, Rob Gooden, and I am joined once again by Garth. How are you, my friend? Good, good, yeah. Another busy week. God, I missed you last week. (laughs) Two podcasts in one week. (laughs) I know. Two podcasts in a week. We've done a three. But yes, needless to say, talking by myself for 40 minutes, I really do not miss that. Really (laughs) do not miss that. It was a shame as well, because I had loads of notes. I know. I was, I was going to do a, a full Jim Neidhart uh, sort of bit. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah. we should we should probably start this podcast with just a little bit of a um, a look back and you know a retrospective, so to speak, on Jim Neidhart because obviously he did pass away last week. Um, we've just had SummerSlam where Natalia unbelievably bravely came out at SummerSlam and she got a fantastic reception. He was a very well thought of wrestler. Yeah. Um, just wearing his jacket. Wearing his jacket, which was amazing. You've got Carmella, who, you know, we slam her so much for a you know, her poor wrestling style, but do you know what? She came out in Jim Neidhart gear, like inspired gear, absolute <laughs> fair play to her. Um yeah. yeah, it's just it's such a shame because he he wasn't that old when you look at it, early sixties. Yeah. yeah. It's just healthy, you can just tell it's it's caught up with them. It catches up with them all by the by the look of it. Yeah, um, and when you look at wrestling in you know the late eighties, early nineties, when Jim Nardhart was at his peak, you know it was a very very different environment backstage and you know on the road than it is now. You know there was a lot less health screenings for a start. Yeah. Um. And, you know, a lot of wrestlers have had their demons, uh, whether it's drugs or gambling or whether it's drink, and. Uh, it's sad to see such a charismatic because we've we've reviewed shows where we've we've said Jim Neidhart's just fantastic. Yeah, I love it's him. Promo. You know, and exactly, just his crazy ass promo where he's holding his beard. And you know, the fact that he is such you know, almost the complete flip side of um of Bret Hart, who's cool, collected, you know, the excellence of execution. And then you've got crazy ass Jim Neidhart. <laughs> I just I loved that juxtaposition between the two of them. It's totally. it's such a shame. It really is. Um another another great wrestling legend gone. Um It is, but he's you know, he's given us a lot of fantastic moments. Oh you know, yeah. I he was mean, part of one of the most the most fantastic tag teams in WWF history, WWE history. He's um the have the I think the network have set up a sort of Jim Hart uh Jim Neihart sort of best of yeah series, which is good. That'll be that'll be quite interesting to watch. Actually, I might stick yeah. that on later. Um, but yes, obviously thoughts go out to Natalia, um, TJ Wilson, anyone else affected, and obviously everyone in the Hart family. There was a horrible image that went round on Twitter of um, it's quite a famous shot of um, the Hart Foundation, including the Bulldog and yeah. Brian Pillman. And everyone's in black and white, apart from Bret Hart, and it is always yeah. oh, harrowing. It's horrible. You just, like, you just think it's so sad for all those people. And you just think 
Bret Hart's been through so much shit. He has. And then he loses Jim Nighthawk, who was basically a, one of his brothers. Yeah, exactly. You know, and don't forget, Bret's had a stroke. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, he's had the stroke, he's had that problem that he had with his hand. You know, we had to retire from wrestling early because of a errant thrust kick from Goldberg. <laughs> so, you know, people moan about him for being a bit miserable. To be honest, mate, if I was Bret Hart, I think I'd be a little bit miserable. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, we yes. should remember Jim Neidhart as that crazy-ass motherfucker from WWF. You know, <laughs> how I'm, I'm sure he would probably want to be remembered anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, but yes, with that, you know, with that being said, let's delve straight in to our reviews of Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. We're going to start with Ring of Honor episode 361 from Center Stage in Atlanta. Um, aired on August 18th. Um, and do you know what? I thoroughly enjoyed this. In fact, it didn't air August 18th. What am I talking about? It aired 21st <laughs> of August. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I spoke last week about how I thought Ring of Honor was lacking somewhat. I felt like it was quite a flat, not necessarily boring show um, because the main event with Bully Ray was was good fun, but I just thought it lacked a bit of star quality. Mm-hmm. Um but this, I think this episode more than made up for it. I thought it was really good. And I think the I think the arena and the fans really helped this one. The arena looked brilliant. Yeah, it really did. And it looked full as well, which I think is really important for Ring of Honor. Um, we will be doing a very, very brief podcast where we go through, you know, results from the Honor Reunited shows from Britain. We're not going through every single show and we're not going through every single match because it would simply take too long. Um, We'll just sort of collate the results, go through some of the more interesting results. Um, Chris, who was um, on the NXT podcast on Monday and obviously does the New Japan stuff as well for the site, he was actually at the Honor Reunited show in Edinburgh, so it might be interesting to get him on as well Mm -hmm. um, because... Needless to say, um, images went around on Twitter of the lack of people who went to these shows. But the people that did go said that there was absolutely outstanding wrestling taking place. Mm-hmm. So it's a shame. Yeah. It is a shame. It is a shame. But he did. Raise, you know, Chris raised a fantastic point. In that do you remember a lot of advertising for it? None. None at all. No. Very very no. little. So it's. It's upsetting, but never mind. Never mind. We opened up this episode with a match between Scorpio Sky and recently crowned number one contender to the TV championship, Chris Saban, coming out with Alex Shelley. Um, This is exactly what last week missed, if that makes sense. It was a good, high-tempo, high-octane match. Both men, fantastic in the ring, had really good chemistry. I mean, every time I see Scorpio Sky, I'm impressed. Because um, obviously before I started watching Ring of Honor, I hadn't really seen much of his stuff. I was yeah. well aware of like, Chris Saban from the TNA stuff, but like that's Scorpio Sky, every time I see him in like, a proper match, he, he just impresses. He's, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he is. Um, he often, you know, you run the risk of being overshadowed when you're in a stable with, you know, the addiction where you've got two quite big personalities in Chris, uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. Um, but like you say, you know, I'm in full agreement. The more you see Scorpio Sky, the more I'm, you know, 
I'm really, really, really impressed with him. Um, there was a lovely spot where um, Chris Saban took Scorpio Sky from the top rope with a Super Hurricane Rana, and then it was immediately reciprocated by Scorpio yeah. Sky on Chris Saban. <laughs> it was a lovely, it was a lovely moment. Um, the only issue I had with this match was how out of nowhere the ending fe- you know, the ending felt. Yeah. That's, uh, um, as if they've been told like sort of times up. Yeah, and I don't think the advert placement necessarily helped. Um, but there was a brilliant moment when Scorpio Sky hits a slingshot cutter, which was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I um, love that. Which Chris Saban kicked out of, um, and then seemingly out of nowhere, he managed to get Scorpio Sky out for the cradle shock for the win. <laughs> um, which, you know. I'm not saying it's a bad finish. Definitely the right man won. You want to build Chris Saban up before um, his match with Punishment Martinez for the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Chris Saban seemed to have sort of a bit of a cocky attitude in this. But you know what? I like that about him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's like you can tell he's sort of working on a character that's different to his tag team. Yeah. Sort of persona. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, this then leads to quite a quite a sombre moment. Um, Alex Shelley, who's accompanied Chris Saban to the ring, gets on the microphone and announces that he will be retiring from wrestling. Mm. Um, He said he came to the realisation after the third time of having his teeth knocked out. You know, he makes a fantastic point of how wrestling, you don't get medical insurance, you don't get this, you don't get that, so you can't actually retire. And yeah. it's something you don't really think of because every single time he gets his teeth knocked out and the amount of work that he's had to have done on his mouth after the injury, he has had to pay for that effectively out of his own pocket. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a lot, a lot of money. Um, so he says, basically, bigs up Chris, uh, Chris Saban. He really struggles to keep it together during this promo. <laughs> really struggles and it's quite an emotional moment Chris Saban is really really struggling they're obviously very very close you get tag teams who work together aren't necessarily friends you can tell these two meant a lot to each other yeah um, he's told it was she- quite sad it was it was horrible um, Shelley just tells Saban if you want to do anything for me just validate our careers by showing everyone that the Motor City Machine Guns were for a brief time the best tag team going which, you know, they probably were. They were, yeah. Um, and he said, you know, go on your own singles journey. You've done amazing things. Started listing off his um, his accolades, including the best of the Super Juniors he was recently at, and just said, get some gold. And, you know, start with the television title. Let's get some gold. They embrace, <laughs> raise their hands. It was a lovely moment. Then lanky Roman Reigns entered the ring, punishing Martinez. <laughs> um, rather cumbersome. I thought, rather ungainly. Dropped the chair, didn't he? Yes, um, <laughs> dropped the chair completely, which was an interesting moment. Um, laid both men out and then slammed both their heads into the chair, which was I thought was quite good considering the story that we'd just gone through. Yeah. Um, and then who should come to the ring to stop Punishment Martinez inflicting more pain? But Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky. Who yeah. comes back from the back with a chair, and heads off Punishment Martinez. So, shame that we see Alex Shelley retiring from professional wrestling. Um, It's a shame that we're not going to see any more Motor City machine guns, because they are 
or were, I suppose now, <clears throat> a fantastic team. But Chris Saban has proved, you know, in the last two matches that I've seen him in, and I know Chris has raved about him in the best of the Super Juniors, um, that, you know, he will be more than fine on his own. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I presume that the match between um, himself and Punishment Martinez will take place at Death Before Dishonor. Do we think he's taking that title? Uh, it's hard to say. Um, I think I think he might. It would be very, very strange booking if he didn't. Because I, th- I don't think... To be, like, Punishment Martinez is one of those characters that doesn't really need a belt. No. And more than that, I think, if you're working Alex Shelley's retirement into this as well, which they have been doing, and they certainly have done here. Mm-hmm. I think that you know you've got to follow through with it. Yeah, it'd be a good payoff. Yeah, if he wins it there and there's a big celebration. Definitely, definitely. Um, we then cut to Kenny King backstage. He'll be taking on Marty Skrull in the main event. He says that he wants to take a page out of Marty Skrull's book and basically make the villain bend the knee. Um, which is wonderful foreshadowing for the match later. Um, We then had a Women of Honor division match between Karen Q, who always seems to be on the show. Always seems to be. They obviously hold her in very, very high uh, high esteem. Um, Taking on Jenny Rose. Now, as both the women were coming in, as they did last week for the number one contendership, Fatal 4-Way, they had a picture-in-picture promo. Karen Q's was fairly decent, you know, fairly standard, but fairly yeah. decent. Um, Jenny Rose came across very much like she was reading off a script. Yeah, or that she'd forgot what she was going to say. Yeah, it was very lacking in emotion, very lacking. And I know it's easier to do emotion if you're a heel, but she just, I don't know, it was just very, what it was very monotone. I think that's probably the best way of describing it. Um. So yeah, 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 not the best thing yeah. to start with. But they had um, Kelly Klein on um... commentary. Commentary, sorry. Yes, Con- they... com- it's tripping on me words. Today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Kelly yeah, Klein, and... Klein joined because obviously the the building the big sort of angle between her and um, Jenny Rose. Yeah, um, I liked how they sort of mentioned Chip Tooth. Yeah, in a match between Jenny Rose and Kelly Klein, Kelly Klein. Yeah who, for some strange reason, always wears a mouth guard, but in this match took it out <laughs> and ended up chipping a tooth due to, um, I think a, I think it was an elbow strike. Like, yeah, it was an elbow, yeah. So um, she was on commentary providing very, very little on mm. commentary, apart from the odd quip about mouth injuries and dentists and things like that. <laughs> um, it was an all right match. Um, yeah. My feelings at the start of this match was I've... I've seen Karen Q a lot um, over the last couple of weeks, especially since we started reviewing Ring of Honor, and she's always lost, always. Mm-hmm. And she I think mentioned it in a promo, didn't she? She did, yeah. She said she needs to start winning, and I thought the exact same. I yeah. thought she has to win here because there's nothing on the line. She just needs to build momentum. Yeah, I think um, I, I quite like. Jenny Rose, like, technically, she's really good. Yeah, she she is decent. She hit a good spear. 
Yeah, she's better than you would think. Yeah. Sort of with the with the, the sort of quick moves. There was a bit where she was sort of rolling in and out of pins and countering moves and things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um she the she surprised me. Um I've not seen a lot of Jenny Rose. I know she was in the tag match um with the women of Shimmer. Um or Stardom. I think it was Stardom mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Um but yeah, she she did well here, but I thought Karen Q dominated a large portion of this match. Um she hit that Urinagi, which was amazing. Yeah. Um but basically the main beat of this match was that Kelly Klein eventually left the announce table, um, got onto the apron, threw a mouth guard at Rose, which went absolutely nowhere near her. <laughs> um, and then that sort of little bit of an interchange let Karen Q slip in behind, full Nelson slam for the victory. Um, Klein then got in the ring, and with the best bit of work I've ever seen, just gets out a dentist's bill and lays it on top that's brilliant. Of uh, Jenny Rose, you know, in a very, very poor man's attempt at um, the million dollar man stuffing yeah. money into the mouth. Here's a dentist bill. I really like Kelly Klein. I think she's a really good sort of heel character. Yeah, she is. I just, I, I thought that she offered very little on commentary. She didn't really need to be there. I think yeah, it could have just been her like running run in. in. But I suppose if there's a run in later on, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, perhaps they didn't want two in a row, which is fair yeah. enough. Um, we then get a preview. Now, I am really excited for this match. Um, we are having, in three weeks' time, the Ring of Honor World Champion Jay Lethal taking on Jonathan Grisham in a 30-minute Ironman match for yeah. the title. Now, they really built it well on this video. They did. And it all builds on that storyline. Jonathan Grisham continues to put on fantastic matches but cannot get it done. Hmm. Um. And they showed, um, I think it was, wasn't that, um, Honor Reign Supreme, their match, where Jay Lethal came out with a victory. And they really built just how good that match was. And Jay Lethal does a fantastic job of building just how good an opponent and how he underestimated Jonathan Grisham, which is, you know, really, really good. Jonathan Grisham at the moment feels like a really big deal in Ring of Mm -hmm. Honor. Yeah, you know, he says he's got one thing to prove, and that is that that is that he's the best pure wrestler in the world. Um, but I'm looking forward to. It. I can't see him winning it, if I'm perfectly honest. Especially as Jay Lethal's only just got the championship. Yeah, but it will be a fantastic match, I'm sure. Yeah, it'd be good. Like I say, it's I haven't really seen that much of him, but this has definitely sort of built the match up enough for us to be really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's very much a Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn, <laughs> underdog storyline with him. That's Yeah, that's exactly the feeling I was getting from it, yeah. So either we're going to have a big, big payoff when he eventually does win a high-profile match, or we're going to see a heel turn. I think it's going <laughs> to be one of the two. Yeah. Uh, we then cut backstage where Alex Shelley, who clearly hasn't had enough of a rough evening, um, <laughs> is attacked again by an unknown assailant. He's found on the floor lying on top of a chair. Um, Chris Saban finds him, yells for help. Four men who do absolutely nothing just sort of look at him, come to the scene, <laughs> and Saban yells for help. It was, you know, it was. We assume it was supposed to be punishment, Martinez. Yeah. Um, building, building more of a sort of heat between them. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we then get a first round match from the top prospect tournament match um, between Fr Josie and Eli Isom. 
Um, again, picture-in-picture promos for both men. Do not care <laughs> at all for Fr Josie. I just I don't know I don't know what, I don't know what to think. I was just like, what's this? He's either this from the back backyard wrestling. Well, he's either the best actor in the world to act like he's just he can't act, or he just can't act, um, because his promo was appalling. It was it was so wooden, awful. And then you contrast it with Eli Isom's when he came out and he was full of energy. You know, he was full of gusto. You know, he's the only man. You know, he's the man to pin Christopher Daniels. So you know, he was full of it. And then just, I don't know. I just Fr Josie's was very very flat. Yeah. Um. <laughs> to be honest, I was amazed we were going to get four matches on a Ring of Honor oh, episode. If I'm well, perfectly honest. Well, that's it. That started. I thought, oh. I thought, what's this? Like, it wasn't sort of advertised or anything. No. I was like, wow. And then FR Josie came out. So I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. But, but I mean, it showed um, a couple of good bits from uh, Isom. Did a really nice um, like catching backbreaker thing and a belly to belly. Yeah. He's definitely, they definitely got high hopes for him. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. You don't ping Christopher Daniels on a whim. Um, you know they've clearly they clearly have a lot of stock in Eli Ice, and we've reviewed a Ring of Honor show not so long ago when they had um, a shot at the Kingdom. Yeah, and we said that he, you know, considering he has been wrestling a year, he is a <laughs> phenomenal talent, and he yeah. will continue to be a phenomenal talent. I'm sure that we'll hear his name in the big leagues, you know, relatively soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that wasn't the main story beat of this match. Shortly after the start of the match. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Cobb, who I'm not gonna lie, I popped massively for, just unbelievable. Um, <laughs> he, he hits the ring to a massive pop, a really big pop, um, suplexes both men, and then picks both of them up and hits one-handed pump-handled suplexes on both of them at the same time. <laughs> it was like holy shit. I'd, well, he, when he came down, I was like, because I don't, I, I think I've seen him a couple of times, but I don't know really anything about him. Yeah. When he hit the ring, I was like, who is that? Who is that big motherfucker? He <laughs> uh, just looked like, uh, like, just really mean. Yeah, he did. He looked like he, look, he looked like the Hulk. Um, yeah, I suppose he does. He, like I see, he just, just absolutely destroyed them, and that was obviously the reason why it was to sort of introduce him. But, uh yeah, highly impressive. Yeah, very much so. Very much a statement being made by uh, Jeff Cobb. Where this goes, obviously, hopefully, we'll find 